Hello, and welcome to Animation Meditations, the weekly deep dive podcast on all things animation. My name is Andy. I will be your host for tonight. Uh, with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia. Nadia, how are you doing? Hello. I am good. I went on a nice long walk with my dogs today, and they had a lot of fun. So, productive day. Nice. That sure sounds productive. I got up earlier than they usually do and started a brisket and it finished about an hour ago. Productive. Look at us. Yeah. Sunday winners. Look at us doing things on a Sunday. (laughs) I usually do nothing on a Sunday. Now I kind of did nothing. But you have a dinner that took a whole day to make. Out of my nothing? Yeah. Out of your nothing, you made dinner. And out of my nothing, I made a very happy and very muddy dog. And sometimes that's all you want. Yeah. All right. I'm sure you spent a good portion of your weekend catching up on what we're talking about this week. I did. I pretty much spent all of Saturday watching the second season of Hilda. And then I literally just finished the finale before... Popping popping on here to chat with you, so it is all fresh in my mind. Nice. I I had binged through this the weekend it came out. Just getting ready, getting ready to talk about it, and then did not get a chance to watch it again since. <laughs> I am actually very surprised, because I've been waiting for season two, and then I saw that it was on Netflix, and I got very excited. Um, and then, oh, I think it's because I had a super busy, I had like a, it's so weird when you have busy weekends now because like there's literally nothing to do. So why are my weekends busy? I can't go anywhere or see anybody, <laughs> but I just had a busy weekend. So I didn't get a chance to watch it. So this weekend I was like, ah, yes, now's, now's the time. Now is when we do it. Now is when I spend all day watching Hilda. But it's not like we should have been surprised. We explicitly said it was going to be out in December, and then we just forgot. I know. Well, I mean, you know, again, with streaming services... We spent so much time looking it up in that first episode. Yeah, dates are hard, but Uh, I think I was like, oh, it's trending. Oh, 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 okay. That must mean that season two is out. Well... What did you think of season two? I wasn't quite expecting what we got from season two, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, oh man, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without giving anything away. There are a lot of shifts in tone and and character dynamic in season two that I wasn't quite expecting. Um... So I think they were a little bit jarring for me as a viewer. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it was definitely a different experience than watching season one. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. There's a very drastic shift in tone with this with this new season. And I honestly really appreciate it. Why? I, I think it adds more nuance to the show. I think it, like, one of my biggest complaints with season one was that it felt like there were never, there was never consequences, there was never a inherent danger to any of the characters. 
so there never really felt like there were any stakes. Mm-hmm. And this season in particular does away with that feeling. Mm-hmm. While, st- while still keeping the characters able to be as reckless as they normally are, you know? <laughs> yeah. Recklessness with a side of accountability, shall we say. I can watch Hilda jump from a waff to a waff and expect that to work. Like, I don't have to worry that she's going to miss a hold or something and then just plummet. <laughs> can, you, can, you, but... like, can you imagine if that happened, though? <laughs> <laughs> they just set this precedent and then we're like nope just kidding <sighs> but I also know that if Hilda does something blatantly wrong and reckless she can and does suffer consequences for that yeah I, I also I did appreciate how I think a lot of the consequences are consequences of relationship like it's not always if she does something wrong there'll be physical harm but there's also sort of the the expectation that if you do something wrong you could hurt somebody else emotionally you could make someone upset you could have a consequence of changing somebody else's life that you didn't expect which is you know very real because typically in or at least in my day-to-day life I don't well except for now that there's a literal global pandemic and I fear for my you know health but typically I don't wait there's a glint there's a global pandemic yeah, don't go outside dude since C- when careful careful don't go don't go outside wait can I not go outside um I've been going outside all week oh my god Andy no please please tell me you wore an entire scuba diving outfit and you covered your nose and mouth no, I just went outside with with nothing. No, no pants. No, wait, what are pants? <laughs> what are pants? <sighs> all right, we've got we're good folks. We're all good. How great! How how great would it be though? If, no, if but I- seriously, wear wear your <laughs> protective equipment. Yes, jeez, jeez, and don't go outside. Dear, dear God, please social distance. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, don't go outside, but also, like, don't have people over inside. So actually do go outside, but go outside safely. I, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> do do go outside and... <laughs> do, do go outside, but wear your mask. And don't take the people that you see outside, inside with you, unless they're part of your family unit. And don't forget your pants. Wait, these are too many rules. I'm lost again. Oh, all right. Too Too much to remember. I need to I need to get rid of at least one of those. Uh honestly at this point I would say just throw away those pants of yours. Don't don't <laughs> forget don't forget your mask, but like if you go out without pants, somebody would probably be like, Yeah, that's where we're at now. That's fine. I feel like at this point I would definitely be more upset if I saw someone going around without a mask than if I <laughs> saw someone going around without pants. I would be accepting of no pants. Yeah, me too. So anyway, what what I think I was trying to say before this was typically I don't fear for my physical life when I go outside, taking this whole year as a giant aside to that rule. Um, But the consequences that like I tend to face in life for actions are definitely more about you know, the impact on other people, emotionally, like all that stuff. So I, I did really appreciate how that 
played a heavy part in season two, especially because it's, you know, still a show about adventure, but it has those really, really applicable real life lessons in how we relate to one another, which are, again, are universal. Like, it doesn't matter if you have magic or not. If you do something that hurts somebody else's feelings, like, you're you're going to have to deal with it in a very similar way. Season two of Hilda is a very different animal from season one. That is definitely to be said. This season feels a lot more cohesive. It feels a lot more put together than season one in terms of the ongoing story that it's telling throughout. Whereas with season one, you could really just take any given episode, watch it without outside context and really get what's going on very quickly. Season two feels a lot more like there's a lot more going on in season two to the point where you can be lost or miss out on very important things. Just picking any random episode in season two, which as someone who loves world building, loves a heavy plot driven story that, that I'm very appreciative of that. I kind of like the the free whimsy of season one, but I, I do definitely appreciate the fact that this is a show that has proved that it can do both, that it can kind of have this very innocent, individualistic episode approach, and then also keep that same energy while also developing a larger story. So I have like, I have like mixed feelings, because I, I do tend to really, I agree, I really like stuff that has a story and that moves forward with that, with, you know, connections from episode to episode. But I, I don't know, there was just such a simple joy in watching the first season of Hilda that is a different experience with the second. And I appreciate what they did with the second, but I also still kind of just miss that light, inconsequential whimsy. But again, that's also, I like light stuff, so very much a me preference, I'd say. No, that's absolutely... I think... There's a benefit to having a show like that, but I don't think that the genre that Hilda is going for really wants that. Because that works best when everything completely resets the next episode. Yeah. Which well, has never been 100% true for Hilda. No, but I think that it it do, it did a good job, except for like a couple of the plot sort of lines that we talked about in season one um, that we weren't huge fans of. But I think that it could have easily continued, on, and I'm not saying it should have, but I think it could have easily continued on the path that I did in season one, where like the episodes individually were more of sort of those independent stories, but then the world building could be the consistent thing that pulls it together. I, I don't disagree with you. I think if that's what they wanted to do with the show, and if that's the direction that the show wanted to go then they can't have had the connected episodes Eh. i mean they started off with connected episodes in the first season yeah but like that's specifically what i'm like i don't think there's a bit too much cohesion between what's going on in the first season for it to be able to keep that we're not really going to address what's going on in the outer world i guess my main issue was that i did like i I do like that they're developing this cohesive story. Are we in the spoiler? We're in the spoiler section now, right? We are not spoiling things. Okay. I didn't like the introduction of one of the characters as kind of one of the leading forces of those 
connected plot lines, and I think that's my issue. Because season two, without giving anything away, introduces a character that kind of serves many purposes as sort of the kind of the villain. I, I don't know. Do you think that's the right? There, there is what. Yeah, early, early on, there is established to be one main antagonist that continues to recur throughout. Yeah, and the season. season one didn't have that, and I really like shows that are creative in the way that they create the conflict and the pressure and I and most shows do it by having a singular villain or a series of villains that go up against the protagonist and Hilda didn't do that with the first season and I I wasn't a huge fan of the introduction of that in the second it they don't I don't know it just it wasn't what I expected to happen so I think I was kind of thrown when that character was introduced I mean, I I will grant you that aspect of the show is easily one of the weaker yeah, parts I just, of the I think show he, for me. That's that was my least favorite bit of season. Two. I definitely don't disagree with that. That is that is a valid criticism, but I don't necessarily think that removing that takes away from the cohesiveness of the story. Wait, say that removing that does not take away from the cohesiveness of the story. Re- removing the fact that there there is a a main antagonist doesn't really take away from the fact that Hilda's actions still have consequences throughout. Okay, yeah, I I definitely and... understand that. I think that what so that I'm what I'm trying to say, I guess, would be that I like the fact that it is cohesive. I do not like one of the elements of that cohesiveness. Okay, that's is, fair. Yeah, so I that I like the fact fair. that they developed a. A more overarching story. I like the fact that our consequences and relationships and shifts carry on from episode to episode. I didn't like just sort of the plot choice of the introduction of sort of the the villain. And and in the end, it's not quite entirely what I expected. In uh, never mind, that's I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. So I guess separating it, I liked the arch of the story. I didn't like some of the elements that carried through, and I think you're right, I was kind of convoluting the two. Um, So separating them out definitely shifts that. I I like the story, but I don't like that one character, I guess, guess is the the conclusion I have (laughs) got to. Yeah, that is is valid. That is is a fair criticism. Yeah, and seeing as he was kind of the, the thing that carried a lot of the earlier episodes forward, I think I just connected... The character so much with the fact that the episodes had this sort of ongoing momentum as like him being the reason and I totally agree with you it's definitely much more about the consequences of actions and the relationships that carry through and how characters you know remember and refer to stuff that happens earlier but it's also I think there's a valid argument to it could have been done just as well without that character oh, oh like if 100%. this was just like a group effort of what the general populace wanted. Hundred percent, and I think that that and Hilda was, yeah, and that makes so much sense, right? Like even in season one, there was introduced this idea that obviously Trollberg is nervous about trolls, right? Like not spoiling anything from season two. That's an established. They literally built this town with a wall around it, commemorating the fact that they had like thrown trolls out, right? Like that's already established. So this fear of trolls doesn't need a singular character to represent that. I think it would have been much more interesting if it 
dealt with the tensions between inside and outside the wall without that one character. Because I think then it gets kind of convoluted. And the character also has very different goals than many of the townspeople. So it even kind of separates it more where he, I don't know. I mean, you're not supposed to, right? Yeah, That's the point. Yeah, but I, I also didn't find him to be a particularly interesting character. Like, not just like, okay, I don't like him. He's annoying, but that's the point. I think, for me, he took away from a storyline that could have been... Your enjoyment of the show? I think that it was just... He could have been a more interesting character, and they also could have gotten the same general story and meaning through without him. All right, I'm going to stop you here. I think we're bringing up some very good points, but but I think these are points that would be better discussed... (laughs) post-spoilers yeah i'm getting ahead of myself and we can get to that you know what do you want to just get to that now yeah i'm ready i'm ready and rearing all right so it sounds like we're ready to go into spoilers uh if you have not seen hilda season two or hilda season one for that matter go watch it it's all available on netflix it's a Honestly, very easy show to get through, and I would definitely recommend I definitely recommend season one, and if season two has anything to say for it, it's definitely better. So I have a question. <laughs> okay. How do you feel about the, the main antagonist mm-hmm. of season two mm-hmm. as the, the, the neutral board safety patrol head officer? How do you feel about this as an analogy for our current government? Oh, yeah, literally 100%. 100%. The fact Because that, that's how I read oh, it. Yeah, the fact that he's this dude who pretty much just wants to look good and is purposefully causing chaos and mayhem so that he can, like, swoop in to save stuff and refuses to listen to anybody else, and his sole agenda pretty much hinges off of fear tactics. Uh, yeah. And and every single... They, they literally try to angle shoot every single situation to make it look as good on them as possible oh yeah yep 100 percent. everything he does is political like pretty overtly so yeah that, that and i think that that is very purposeful i think that this is definitely because the show probably would have been better if he were in any way actually competent but he's not mm. And it does get annoying over time. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, I do get the whole idea of like, he is, because, you know, the, what I assumed the whole trajectory of the show was, was going to hinge much more on him and sort of like the bell thing and like literally creating And I'm very glad it didn't. Yeah, exactly. I'm very glad it didn't, but it, it was a weird, to me, it was a very weird setup where like, it felt like they were building to this thing that they didn't get to and I'm glad they didn't because I didn't quite like where it was building but then I'm also wondering what was the point of all of that momentum in the beginning and like maybe it'll all come come through in season three because again like you've said season two is much more cohesive so I'm assuming that season three is going to build heavily off of what's happened in season two um but I as just like a season as a unit it did feel a little bit odd with the build of him and the bells and then you know, in the last season, in the last episode, he's literally turned into a bug and, like, doesn't matter at all, which is not what I thought would happen. 
It kind of feels like this was a character that was written into the script specifically because they were worried that they didn't have enough conflict to begin with. Yeah. Because most of the time it feels like he's just a part of the B story and we just sort of wanted to add one more obstacle in case you didn't feel that there was enough. Yeah, which is, I don't know. I, cause I'm, I don't think it's necessarily true. Yeah, and I don't think it's, I don't know, I just, I guess I don't think it's necessary, and I think that the more interesting conflict in the show is a larger conflict. Like, it's not about this individual man, it's about the conflicting, I mean, it's it's literally, you know, it's man versus nature, you know, one of the, if you think, you know, back to the literature classes where it's like, there are only three types of stories, man versus man, man versus self, man versus nature, which, again, is not necessarily true, but I'm remembering what someone told me when I was an 11th grade English student. Um, and, you know, this essentially is just about the tensions between Trollberg and the natural world. And Hilda is the perfect character to bring us on that journey as she's kind of this person who's lived in in both. She is the bridge between the wilds and the city. Um, so to have a person be the villain that is then kind of just causing this mayhem. Like, he doesn't have to be there for those tensions to become larger, right? Like, he doesn't have to be there fueling fear for the townspeople to be afraid. And I, I don't know. I guess I just found him to be so much less interesting than the conflict he was creating, and I thought that they didn't need that character to end up creating that conflict and tension. That's absolutely fair. I think Joanna makes for a good enough antagonist as is. Who's Joanna? The mom. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Jesus Christ. I'm so used to her being called mom that I've, I don't <laughs> know her name. Oh. Uh, to be fair, her name is only ever said once in the entire season ah, series. Well then there so... you have it. And I, again, I think that that is more interesting, right? Having somebody who isn't necessarily a classic antagonist because, you know, we care very deeply for her character. And I think that's something that we took away quite a bit from season one was sort of how how interesting she was as an adult character in a kid's show because she often overcomes sort of the adult stereotypes that we expect adults to fill in shows that focus on kids. And then in season two, we get to really see sort of the the struggles between her and Hilda. Again, it's the conflict of like, you are trying to do what's best for someone else, but maybe you're not doing it in the right way. And that's something that we deal with all the time as people. And that's pretty much all that she's trying to do for Hilda. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Like, I, I was watching... I was watching the show and at one point I literally thought to myself Hilda disappears from the side of her mother during what could reasonably be called a literal terrorist attack. Which which part? The part where they they try to stop the big bell tower? Oh yeah, yeah. And then it literally destroys the building. And, like, explodes. Yep. Like I think from an adult's perspective, that could reasonably be seen as a, a equivalent to a terrorist attack. Yeah. 
And I like a government building has been <laughs> destroyed in a way. Got, got terrorism on your mind, Andy? Anything particular in the news <laughs> that's uh, shifting your mindset in this way? <laughs> cough, cough, the capital. Um, um, yeah, no, and I anyway, but yeah, like, and and Hilda refuses to address it, and I thought this was something that the show just outright wasn't going to address, and they. They did. Yeah. Was that, oh my God, was that the episode with the song afterwards where it was like, Hilda does not understand the consequences of her actions and she'll never change. Obviously, that is not the right tune and I cannot sing, but I remember that song just being the song that one of the episodes ended to and I like burst out laughing. I thought that was the most hysterical thing. But after events like that, and it's perfectly reasonable for... Jonna to be much more protective over her daughter. Oh, yeah. Also, okay, so that was something that I thought was really interesting in season two is, because especially in shows like this, you the characters don't typically, they don't really age the same way that characters do in other shows. Like, we don't really address the fact that Hilda's getting older, but she definitely feels older in this season. Like, you can see her kind of, going from this sort of childhood innocent play to like a little bit of like teenage angst you know like a little bit of the middle school drama rebelling yeah, against like, your parents yeah like you don't understand me yeah cuz i like i got really frustrated at some points with Hilda but then i was like oh but like god i was freaking like that when i was a kid like I remember going through the phase where I was just unreasonably rude to my parents for no reason who were wonderful and like Joanna were just trying to be good parents so I just I thought that was again like not something that I expected and something that makes a lot of sense and is really interesting but I think just initially I was kind of thrown by it because I was like this isn't the character I'm used to so my gut reaction was like oh god um Whereas in retrospect, I, I think that it was a really interesting choice that the show made, and also a very legit one. But it's that coupled with the fact that the threats that they're up against are significantly more dangerous mm-hmm. than they were in season one. Like, this seems like it's almost, like, city-destroying danger every single episode. Yeah. And it's... To the point that, like, the general populace is seeing and reacting to mm-hmm. it. Whereas that wasn't really the case throughout season That's one. That's true. There was kind of this more of an element of, like, oh, these are these things that kind of only Hilda can interact with in many ways. Of, like, oh, you know, the exactly. other don't know about the magic of this place. If, if Joanna in season one had had that argument with Hilda... It would have been completely out of character for her, and it would have been completely unreasonable. Like, you you allow Hilda to do X, Y, and Z. Why are we putting our foot down now? But the fact that we waited until multiple, like, city, possibly city-destroying events had occurred mm-hmm. before Joanna put, finally puts her foot down and says something, it very much makes you feel the consequences and the danger present in this world. Yeah. And I also kind of liked how, like, that's where their conflict initially kind of came from. But there are other moments of conflict that were really just her mom wanting to spend time with her and Hilda wanting to do something else. And like, even something simple like that, it was like, <laughs> I felt like it like threw me back to my own adolescence. Um, Cause I literally, I remember 
stuff like that with my parents where like all they wanted to do is spend time with me and I wanted to do something else and I felt so awful about it but I don't know I just think that that's a pretty big part of the growing up experience and it was nice to see that in the show too like it wasn't all just monsters in danger it was also hey I want to play a game with you and Hilda's like no I want to go see my friend and like I've literally had that exact same argument with my parents when I was younger so I don't know I guess it just kind of hit home for me these are very relatable characters and while like the world they live in is not super relatable the struggles that they have yeah exactly and that's what makes a good show, yeah, right? it roots it in the human experience. And it also, and this is also a show that, that, you know, even with the world building roots it in human experience. Like, they literally have elves who are just, like, bureaucratic beings. So even, even the magic in the world is, like, weirdly rooted in a lot of our everyday experiences, which I find very wholesome and really funny. And, you know, we kind of had the elves in season one, which were a big new group of characters. And then in this season, we get introduced to the witches. And, you know, Frida starts to work to becoming a witch. And, like, most of it is homework. And it's all about studying and learning. And, like, yeah, the end goal is that you do magic. But, you know, it's in this, it's rooted in this very academic sphere, um, which I thought was sort of a fun fun lil. I don't know. It's just kind of fun. Like, yeah, of course. Of course you're doing homework. And that's magic. Of course. Yeah. And it plays a lot into Hilda's dynamic with Frida in terms of who they are as people because witchcraft requiring this level of study and this level of attention to detail that Hilda doesn't really have. <laughs> It, it gives Frida the opportunity and the, the skill set to really excel in something that Hilda once thought that she had the domain over. Mm. Like, this mm. was the mystical, the, the weird, and this was Hilda's world. But this aspect of it can't be hers, yeah. which is really interesting for, for those two specifically. So, qu- question for you, Andy. How, how do you. you feel about the fact that Hilda is Frida's familiar? I like it. I really, I really like it. I think, I think Hilda need to get knocked down or not. <laughs> uh, this might just be the Ravenclaw and me talking, but like <laughs> getting, getting someone ahead just by reading and being studious. I'm all for it. <laughs> I love it. I, I burst out laughing when they, when they did the, because you know, the whole episode where, where they're, sort of going through the maze, you're like, okay, of course Frida's going to be the witch. And then they announce it and they're like, and her familiar Hilda. <laughs> I just, I just expected Hilda to not be a witch, but I didn't see that coming. And I thought it was hysterical. Um, I This, do... this episode had easily one of the hardest times I've laughed at anything ever. Oh my God, ever. which one? And it was, so it's, it's in this episode, it's when they get to the house mm-hmm. of the the old lady and it's just the old lady from season one that that hilda tried to ding dong ditch but didn't get to do <laughs> it correctly and she comes she says something along the lines of like oh i i find things easier when i'm looking down the barrel of a fully loaded crossbow oh, yeah 
and like for some reason i just couldn't handle that (laughs) good very good it's not even like the cut like on paper that's not that funny but like the delivery Mm. is so good it's it's genuinely like this is normal this is just an ordinary everyday thing for me and no one's gonna question it (laughs) yes i must say i am waiting for hilda being a familiar to like have some some relevance because i don't feel like we quite got that in season one and i'm i'm here i'm here for that to happen because i don't quite you know i don't think they really established what it meant that that she's in this role and other than kind of helping frida with her homework and stuff we haven't really seen it come into play much i don't think that's true really because i don't think it's been explicitly stated like this is what hilda being a familiar is but it's very much, this is your support system. You have created this bond. This is a bond you two will have. And then from there on out, you see multiple points where Frieden needs to do something. And it's related to magic. And it's Hilda's support that gets her there. Okay, but then but then how come more witches don't have human familiars? Because they... they... They walk through the wall and they're like, look at all these witches and their animal familiars. And it like pans over all these witches and all of their, you know, different animals. And it's like, wow, how cool. So, so if it's just about a support it could, system. It could just be a commentary on how the younger generation has a better handle as to how these things should work. It sounds like, it sounds like maybe there is an established tradition of animals being familiars <laughs> that is hindering future generations from doing what is most beneficial for them. Mm. Maybe as some sort of, you know, commentary on how that's kind of happening in the real world with uh, plenty of different things. That's a bit of a stretch, but I like it and I'll give it to you. (laughs) I'm here for it. I don't definitely I don't, I, do not I don't think, think I don't think that that connection is purposeful. No, it I, I do not think the show is like, ah, yes, let us embolden the younger generation and their knowledge that they are moving forward. But I do like it. So, a round of applause. But you know what? When season 3 comes out and they have that one episode about Hilda needing an animal familiar and they prove to them that it's not nearly as necessary, that's when we're going to have this conversation True. again. And you'll be like, "Hear me yeah. out." No, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. Told you so. I'll, I'll be when they, when they make a more explicit allegory, that's when I'll, that's when I'll come back. <laughs> when they have like a whole episode of like Frida doing her final exam with all these other witches and they all have animals and she has Hilda and everyone's like, what? <laughs> Hilda's just giving her answers. Yeah. They're like, that's not fair. And she's like, sorry, guys, that I'm smarter than you because I have a familiar I can talk with. Heck yeah. Ooh, but that made me think that in terms of her relationship with Frida, this is kind of, because in season one, a lot of the issues was that Hilda was trying to help people when they didn't want her help, or she was trying to help, you know, like that, she did that with uh, David quite a few times, and then there was a whole conflict with Frida where, like, she was trying to, but she was, like, too emboldened that she could absolutely do it, and then it ended up being this huge conflict, and this is kind of the first season where she's giving help to other characters who are like asking for it in like more overt ways you know like she's actually helping rather than it's more hilda is helping 
in much more reasonable ways for her to help. Mm-hmm. Whereas in season one, she would be asked for help and then she would bite off more than she could chew and only make things worse. Yeah. Whereas this is, I'm acknowledging that I can help, but it's only to this certain degree. Yeah. So it is interesting that we have that growth in Hilda, despite the fact that she still refuses to learn and continues to just like plummet ahead uh, against her mother's wishes in many other aspects. But it's also it's also this is the first time where Hilda or the first real time where Hilda is actively helping somebody else perform the task as mm-hmm. opposed to. I'm just going to do it myself. That's true. That's very true. And I do kind of like that aspect with Frida that now, because Hilda has always been able to do things that Frida can't, and now Frida has these things that she can do that Hilda can't, and it allows them to be more of a cohesive team rather than just Hilda barreling ahead and sort of them following behind. Still waiting for David to get his thing. Poor poor David got... Yeah, yeah, it would be... You know what? What if, hear me out, what if this is supposed to be a trilogy of seasons as a, as a one collective story where each season highlights one of the characters? I would be so about that. Because, like, we could, we could argue that season one was the Hilda season. We could argue that season two is the Frida season. Yo. What if we just get okay, a David season? Okay, but here's the thing. They've kind of set that up to happen because Hilda, at the end of season one isn't really Hilda anymore. So they're gonna... So they, they've set that they, up to happen by removing have, one of the characters. They have literally... They put her consciousness in a cave with a troll. So we sure as heck better get some focus on the other characters as they try to figure out what the heck is going on. And maybe, I hope you're right, because if season three is David's real time to shine, I'm gonna be so happy. Because he... Deserves it. David got done real dirty in season two, I think. <laughs> he got David got that one episode. He got that one episode, but I wasn't a huge fan of that episode. It was that one episode where he was arguably the most out of character. Yeah, he got for reasonable yeah, reasons, but, but his like whole episode was him the dumbest. not really being David. And then the moral of the episode was fear is good, David. We like you, afraid. And then he just continued to be afraid. Throughout the whole season, which is totally fine. Like, being afraid in these situations is 100% relatable and legitimate. But... But that that episode's also very dark. Yeah. Like, if you if you really think about it, the, these characters are really dying in that episode. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about... David experiences okay, death so we, multiple we times. We experience death quite a bit in season two because there's also the episode that follows Twig where that wolf fox literally is just yeeted off of a cliff and plummets to its death. So in addition to all of the people in the episode with David who get, like, hacked apart, there's also that animal that we see literally die. Which I was like, oh my god. It's, I, that's It was so different from season one where, like... You know, everything is kind of whimsical and the villains are never really villains and everything is okay. Whereas this one, it's like, nope, this is a this is a bad a bad guy. And guess what? It'll stay bad. Also, it'll die. It's also where season one was always Hilda is right. Nature is fine. You just need to like 
calm down a yeah. bit. <laughs> chill, chill, dude. And just like let like let let nature do its thing, and you'll be on your way, and it'll be on its way. Everything's beautiful, baby, groovy. <laughs> and then season two is like, no, this will kill you. Things out there will kill yeah. you. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is legit because I that's... have a question. Oh, okay, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. No, <laughs> did you I have something? Am I interrupting totally actual forgot, content? So go ahead. Okay. Did you cry? <gasps> oh, Andy, did I? Of course I did. I cried pretty much throughout most of the Twig episode. Because... I also cried pretty much for the entirety of the Twig yeah, episode. Yeah, okay, can we also just talk... I think I was genuinely in tears by the end oh, of that, like, yeah, throughout. Same. I was, like, very, very deeply upset throughout most of it, because, I mean, I have two dogs. I've got Ramus, who is Larry's dog, and then when we moved into each other, he is my little adopted dog, who I love very much. But I've wanted a dog my entire life, and Sokka is, like, the first dog that has been my dog that like I got to raise and I got to train and I got to pick and name and like I love him so much so whenever I see like a human animal relationship in a show it's just like I can't help thinking about Sokka and I can't help thinking about like how sad I would be if he because I worry all the time about like him getting lost or like getting hurt and so I was like so emotional throughout that and higher episode and then watching Hilda be sad when he was gone and then watching him come back it was just this roller coaster ride of emotions so yeah I cried throughout most of that episode also can we talk about how freaking cute Twig looks when he's wet oh my god because I couldn't Twig is so I cute I can't get over wet Twig with his little can we talk about how cute baby Hilda is can we also talk about how Twig is gonna have legs for days when he's fully grown <laughs> like everything about that episode all of the th that episode was so cute and hilda with her like little kid cheeks and her little pigtails and there was like there was just a single scene where she was holding her mom's hand but she had like this really long sweater that was really floppy so her mom was just holding the end of her floppy sweater arm and i just thought that that was the cutest <laughs> most adorable like 100 percent yeah this is what kids do little moment i loved it i loved it so much and I am very happy that we get more Twig. Larry was getting real worked up at the end of the episode. He was like, if Twig doesn't come back, I'm going to be so upset. But it's also like there's a moment where you think Twig really isn't coming back and you absolutely understand yeah. why. And I, I really do think that that episode could have ended either way. Like Twig 100% could have yeah. left and I would have been okay with it and Twig could have come back. And I, It's kind of like the opposite of the you couldn't really win situation where like either way that they did it, I think it would have made total sense. And obviously I'm glad Twig came back because I love Twig. Um, but I'm also really glad, like it was great because he got to, to have an actual goodbye too, which I think is important. Like he, he didn't just get lost and not know how to go back. He got to make a conscious choice and he also got to, got to say goodbye to his family, which is nice. Oh, also, I was very sad in the beginning of that episode when Hilda kept leaving and Twig was just sad by the door. And it, I was like, oh, I never want to go to work again and leave my dogs at home. <laughs> I, I just, I, oh, animals waiting for their people to come home and being sad makes me, it just, it just breaks open my heart. But not your dog, no. He probably. Your dog doesn't get sad. He probably just sleeps. He probably, he does. probably does get sad, but he also knows that I'm coming back. 
But that episode also did a lot for the world building in this show. You got to see, like, the behaviors and habits of this almost mythical creature. And it, it really puts into place how rare it is that Hilda has such a close connection to this deer fox. Yeah. And you also get to see more of Hilda's life outside of the walls. Yeah, and it, I mean, that's the first time we ever really saw Hilda. We get flashbacks of Hilda. That's definitely not something that's ever happened in the show before. So to have that introdu- introduction was was new. You know, we see her mom when she's younger. We see sort of this process of Hilda becoming independent in this space. We get to see how important that space is. I mean, we obviously knew how important it was, but a lot of season one was sort of Hilda becoming comfortable and caring about Trollberg. So to bring back season two, how much she really, really misses this other aspect of her life, I thought was really important. Also having like Hilda sit down and reflect on what happened to her household. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to literally see the wreckage. And I thought it was also really interesting that we got to see her mom see the elf town around their house for the first time. Because she, she hadn't signed the paperwork yet in the first episode. So I'm also wondering of like the emotional impact for her to to really understand a little bit more of why they had to leave. You know? Yeah, and, and like the exact impact that they have and why it brought them to where they were at that point in season yeah, one. Yeah, and we got to have that impact for Hilda in the first season where, you know, she has to consciously make that choice of like, we need to leave for the betterment of this this part of the community, but we don't really get to see Joanna have that moment. So, I mean, we didn't really get to see it in season two either, but I think I'm just kind of like, you know, like projecting the emotional impact onto that character. But (laughs) that's pretty much what watching shows is anyway, right? Like building connections, wondering, thinking about how characters would respond in different moments. Or maybe that's just how I watch shows. But anyway, um, yeah, I think going back to the, the house was was an important moment and we spent a lot more time outside of the wall in this in this season too even beyond just that single episode which we don't really get at all i don't think in season one we also get to see other people living outside of the yeah walls. which i hadn't even outside of just hilda and hadn't even thought about like that wasn't really i mean obviously people do it because hilda and her mama does hide the wall but it wasn't something i consciously thought of, of like yeah of course Trollberg can't literally be the only place that people live. But it's kind of, in season one, it's kind of framed like it is. It's it it's treated as though living outside of the walls is functionally a death sentence. Yeah. When in reality, it's really just the nighttime and just being careful of where the sun is at all times. I think it's interesting in season two how they establish that, you know, trolls are sort of the danger that the townsfolk are focused on, but then there are also all of these other things that are dangerous. Like, it's not just about the trolls. There's that fox wolf that is, like, arguably one of the most vicious creatures we ever encounter in the show. And, like, there are these other things in the wild that are just wild, right? Rightfully so, that are scary. So I thought that was interesting. Like, it broadens broadens the... Again, like you said earlier, it broadens the scope of consequence and danger because they're not just worried about trolls they're worried about (laughs) all of these other things too yeah what was your favorite episode 
Ooh. I really, I mean, I, I really liked the finale, but I think other than that, and I did really like the twig episode, even though honestly, like it, it was like the most emotional for me. So it's probably not one that I would want to like purposefully go back to and watch the most. I really liked the witch episode, the one where they like interact with that part of the world for the first time. Um, also because we got to spend more time with the librarian who was like one of my, I just freaking love her as a side character. So I was super psyched to be like, we get more of the librarian and she's an actual witch, which we knew, but like we got to actually see in that episode. I, I did. I very much enjoyed that. We got to actually see her do witch things. Yeah, exactly. Whereas before it was like, she did things that were perfectly reasonable for an ordinary human to do, but were somewhat witch-like. Yeah. Also literally having a world under a library of people that are just dedicated to studying and growing and learning magic is pretty much all I ever want in my life. So to see that on screen was a pretty powerful experience for me. Because I was like, dude, that's, that's all I want. Like, I don't need to go out and like, fight monsters. I just want to find a secret library underneath a library that is magic. That's all I want. <laughs> no yeah no i loved it it was great i think my favorite episode was the time travel one. Oh my god i think it might just be because i'm a sucker for time travel yeah. and i i'm pretty particular about time travel in stories like this specifically because time travel can tend to ruin a lot of narratives when it's introduced as a mm -hmm. mechanic and I was a little worried that that would be the case here, and it really wasn't, because they established the consequences for messing with time very well. Yeah. It was also a very sweet episode, too, which is, like, the perfect combo of getting this sort of, like, oh my god, consequences, and also, aw, romance and love. It's also one of the episodes that could probably be picked out of this season without any real context and just shown yeah it's not reliant on any other narrative yeah. to well to again make sense. like my i think my least favorite part of season two was all of the crap with the safety inspector dude and like him intentionally setting yeah up, we just had to kind of ignore that yeah, for this one him intentionally setting up all of these things around the city that are pretty much only there to bother wildlife for his own gain to you know and i just i totally get it he's supposed to be annoying mission accomplished because i you know wasn't a fan <laughs> of watching those episodes as much um but yeah i think those little standalone ones were interesting and i think and again they were standalone but they also like the one with the witch really really dove into these other aspects of this world and how how magic is much more ingrained than we initially thought beyond hilda and then the one with the time travel was one that really got into establishing the consequences for hilda you know we've seen them throughout the season but that and it's and that was a big moment with her and her mom too and the moment where we got to see her mom uh for the first time kind of i think that was the first episode where hilda really lashed out at her mom and her mom kind of set down these boundaries and then we got to see her kind of questioning herself too. So I thought that was a really powerful episode for for getting to see sort of Hilda and also getting to see her mom really grappling with their relationship in different ways. 
Yeah. But it's it, I think it's also a very important character moment for Hilda because Hilda has to talk to herself. Yeah. And knowing the consequences of her actions convince a younger version of herself to not go through oh those actions. Oh my god, I know. Oh, that uh, that one episode I was just like, "Oh my god, Hilda is so stubborn." And like, I've known this. Obviously, this is a this is a center part of her character that we get time and time again in season 2. But when there's a moment where she is literally telling herself to go somewhere and she's like, "No, I don't wanna." And I was just like, "Hilda!" Oh! <laughs> Like, literally, what are you doing? So I thought, yeah, because there was one moment where, like, her older self was trying to pull her away, and she was, like, actively fighting against it. And I was like, dude, this is you. Like, like this is, if you are going to trust anyone. Listen to yourself. This is the person you should be trusting here. Yeah, so that, uh that I thought was funny. But again, like, it, you know, important. And it also totally makes sense with her character. It's frustrating, but it's like, it tracks with Hilda. That being said, I absolutely agree. I think the Deer Fox is easily the best episode of the season. I'm still putting the time travel one as my favorite. Yeah, totally legit. Do you want to get into the finale? Yeah. This season introduces us to the Troll Society. And we get to see a lot of how the trolls live. And in the final episode specifically, we see Hilda and her mother unintentionally transport themselves into the middle of this society. Mm-hmm. And we get to see that the trolls, despite being the most prevalent threat to human society since the first episode of this season we had to see that they're not all bad yeah but i think it was also an interesting moment to see that they do still pose a threat because i think like you said coming away from season one the message was really just like oh well just you know show compassion and be mindful and everything will be okay and this moment with the trolls establishes that you know much like any other individual there's going to be variants and there are going to be some that pose threats and some that don't. And it isn't necessarily because they're trolls. It's because they are individuals and they're going to be different. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And as, as you had mentioned before, this episode does end with Hilda waking up in the body of a rock troll. Yeah. And a rock troll waking up in Hilda's bed, but still in a rock troll. Okay, body. so I had a question about that, as I'm sure literally everyone does, because not <laughs> at all the direction I expected this season to go in. Okay, so I just watched this episode, but also I'm wondering if I misremembered. So the baby troll makes these little figures of them and Hilda, right? Right. And then the little baby troll is the one that switches the heads, which I am assuming results in the switch of the troll and Helda, right? I don't remember specifically. Okay, because there's this one weird moment where, like, and maybe I'm just totally misremembering this, but the little the baby troll is like over with the little figurines, and it like switches the head, and the mom troll 
looks over and like her eyes narrow a little bit and it looks like she's concerned or like there like she reacts in I don't think a necessarily positive way to that action and and it was like super subtle but I I'm just trying to figure out like what the heck what the heck is going on I mean what the heck is going on that's a perfectly good question yeah I have no freaking idea. This season. Hopefully what the heck is going on. And how do they get back? I, I Hopefully hopefully what? David just comes into his own. Hopefully hopefully <laughs> the answer to all of your questions are David. So I, I, I have a question. Yes. How would you handle this for season three? Like if I were writing it? Yeah. Ah, good thing. Not necessarily the specifics, but like. How long do you keep Hilda a rock troll? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, Is this just her life now? Is it the whole season trying to get her back? Hmm. Do we resolve this in the first episode? I, it's, it's kind of hard to say because I don't fully understand the implications of what's happened. But I... I, I think there's, I mean, depending on the way it goes, they could theoretically resolve that aspect of it in the first episode, but then be dealing with the repercussions for the rest of the season, right? Like, I don't think it should be the kind of thing where, like, you know, oh, it's solved in the first episode, and then we have a bunch of other random episodes where, like, the fact that she was a rock troll doesn't matter. It obviously has to be pretty central. So depending on what's actually happened, I think it could be interesting for her to regroup with the rest of her little squad early and then deal with the repercussions for the season. But I also think it could be interesting because her in that position is going to give us the opportunity to learn a lot more about trolls. So I think that having more time, like having more time with her in that community, I think is important. So I also don't necessarily want it to be solved super quickly, but I also don't want it to, I don't know, like, I don't quite want it to drag out all the way to the end because I also think that there's value in the moment of regroup and, like, dealing with the repercussions, right? Like, this is obviously going to lead into, hopefully lead into a lot about the conflict and tension between the trolls and humans, and I want that to be given time, right? Like, I don't want it to just be like, oh, Hilda's... I don't know. Yeah, you want you want this to sink in. You want this to have like now. Where where uh, what I'm thinking here is, what if this forced Hilda to act as a sort of liaison mm. for the trolls? Mm-hmm. Like she is now literally a part of both worlds, and can come to the general public saying i am literally a troll i've lived among the trolls they are not violent we do not need to set up all these bells and these constant patrols in fact we need to help them there's this one big bad one that we just need to get Mm -hmm. rid of and that's it we can like whilst also living amongst them and being able to really interact with them outside of just being attacked yeah and I mean that also brings questions of like what role is the rock tro- the rock baby troll going to play cuz just as much as Hilda's now a part of the trolls that little little baby dude is 
right in there with the humans. So is his role going to be initially to create havoc? Or, you know, like, I have no idea what what that's going to look like. I don't mean, like, is it inten- is he intentionally going to be creating havoc? Although maybe, I mean, he... I don't think so. But that's going to be a pretty intense thing, too. And I'm also wondering how much, like, the safety inspector... Because we got, you know, again, we got yeah. all these hints at this big plot line with him. But it's also the... I'm sure the mama troll is going to be just as worried about getting to their their child much more just as much as Joanna's worried about getting to yeah, Hilda. Yeah, exactly. Like so so but then the whole question comes like what the heck is... happened and was this switch and was it <laughs> intentional? Cuz it seems like I don't know that there was a moment where the mom reacted to something that the baby was doing and I thought I was like, "Oh, okay, like she's Something else is going on here, so I'm also trying to. Yeah, I'll wonder, have to. I'll have to rewatch that and really keep an I'm eye trying out. Trying to figure out like how much of this was meant to happen versus was accidental. Like what what is the goal behind this? Sw- I don't know. Like there are a lot of unknowns, which is an exciting place for a season to end. Like you know, obviously that's the whole point. Is like let's give them something. To, let's give the people something to talk about. And my God, we're talking. I don't, this this show doesn't strike me as the one to want a cliffhanger yeah you know? yeah i am here for and i wasn't that was not the cliffhanger i was expecting and i also was like oh like i have one episode left like how much can happen and then that ended and i was like oh my god so much can happen in one episode i always forget like how wild finales can get Because, I mean, so much, what I liked so much about the finale was that so much of it was also just quiet moments with Hilda and her mom. And it wasn't at all what I expected in terms of this, like, big final sort of, like, battle, I guess, between, you know, the safety inspector and Hilda or this, the, the, you know, the animals that he had angered into attacking the town. Like, I expected, like, a literal huge physical conflict to be something that happened in the finale and to have the conflict really be between Hilda and her mom and then to have this like wild thing happen at the end I thought was a like such a cool way of dealing with a final episode also I like how they literally just removed the safety guy they were like he's gonna be a bug this whole time and I was like I am here for it (laughs) please (laughs) get him out of here yeah I do I am sad that it having him turn into a bug also kind of sidelined Hilda, uh, Frida and David. Yeah. But it was kind of a Hilda forward narrative to tell. So I'm not super disappointed in not getting that time with those two characters. And like you said, hopefully in season three, we're going to get a whole chunk of them kind of dealing without Hilda. Because I think that's, I mean, I I did not say that as speculation. I just said that that would be really a really cool thing well, to yeah, do. I, I mean, I hope it happens because. But you know what? No, I'll make yeah, it speculation. I mean, what they're gonna reunite them all in the first episode? I hope watch that be what happens. But I mean, I sincerely hope that. <laughs> I do think that they really intentionally put themselves in a place where we're going to kind of get the opportunity to get a more nuanced split narrative with moments of Hilda and moments of the others. And I think that they kind of already started doing that with season two with having these flashbacks and creating these, these more non 
like, you know, small, small things, but non-linear storytelling where they, they brought us in different directions that they didn't quite do in season one. And I think the writers and the creators have proven that they can handle these narratives. And I think that they're just building into doing more with season three. Yeah, I am very excited to see where this goes. Me too. And I really, like, I don't know. And that's kind of an exciting place to be. Like, I thought I knew with, you know, the safety dude. I was like, oh, I can kind of see where this is going. And then I was like, just kidding. I take it all back. (laughs) This is definitely a show that plays with your expectations. And I appreciate that. I think that's all I have to say about Hilda. Yeah. Oh, I have one more little thing. I have a favorite side character. Other than other than the Ooh. librarian. Ooh. I like the ghost that steals David's shoes. I think he's hysterical. <laughs> I love him. Just the image of this ghost floating around with like bits of bone and just human sneakers, I think is just like chef kiss mwah, beautiful. I thought he was hysterical and I loved all of their little interactions. He has like these, I don't remember what they are, but he has these like little witty things that he says to them. I just, fantastic. So that is the last thing I have to say. I If we're, do, if we're doing favorite side characters, mine would be the ghost that just can't keep secrets to himself. Oh my God. And the one that like has to follow the protocol. Yeah, you just have to follow protocol. They were just so strictly have to follow protocol. Yes. Okay, I love it because your favorite, both of us have a little favorite ghost and your favorite ghost is so cute and innocent in that he just has to follow all of these protocol and he has to tell the truth. And my ghost is a little mischievous, but really all he does is take shoes, which is like pretty okay as far as being mischievous goes. Also, at the very end, when they're like running away with the shoes, he goes, but you have so many, which is like true. Just give the ghost <laughs> the sneakers. Give him, give him the shoes. So hopefully they come back. I think that would be adorable. And I have no idea where season three is going to go, which is a pretty exciting place to be in. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we have been Animation Meditation. If you have anything any speculation on season three any anything at all regarding anything we've said so far feel free to reach out do you have a favorite ghost ghost? give me that favorite ghost feel free to reach out to us at animedpod at gmail and twitter next week we're going to be talking about voltron legendary defender Hopefully, if someone here... I have been very nervous it. to watch it because <laughs> I have heard many things. So, also, a lot of different people in different parts of my life have just yelled at me about Voltron, and I have, like... Wait, wait, I'm not the only one no, doing this? No, I've literally had other people where I've been, like, I've mentioned something about Voltron, and they're like, let me talk to you for an hour about Voltron. So the pressure is high for this episode. I know a lot of people have a lot of feelings and I have learned a lot about Voltron before ever having watched Voltron. So many of which I don't remember because they're yelling at me and I'm like, great, I have no idea who any of these people are and I I don't know what you're talking about. So 
of course, now that I say that, I'm probably going to watch Voltron and I'm going to become one of those people who, like, will go around yelling at other people about Voltron. So, we'll, we'll see uh, what happens, folks. You know, as someone who has become one of those people who walks around yelling <laughs> at other people about Voltron, let me tell you, I have some opinions about I Voltron. Legendary am, Defender. The I have no series. opinions. The, the Netflix... I have no opinions as I have not seen it yeah, yet. Yeah, okay. But I'm a very opinionated individual. So I think I'm just, I think I'm just, you, I'm worried about the opinions it? that I'm going to get. You know what? I've been watching this Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and it has been healing my dying soul. So no, I have not started, <laughs> but now I have a hard deadline and I will sideline my mischievous twins for this animated polarizing piece of media shall i say okay well next week's gonna be very oh my interesting God. pressure's on yeah next week we will be talking voltron legendary defender i guess send us an email if you also want to yell at us about voltron <laughs> so yeah if you've got any opinions about that show or anything that you'd like to discuss or hear us discuss Feel free to send it. I'm very used to people yelling at me about Voltron, but I have never had anyone write to me about Voltron. So that would be a very interesting change in pace for my ears. In that it's not going to your yep. ears at all? In that I also get the chance to look at it and then be like, okay, I'm done and walk away without someone following behind me being like, but you don't know the pain. Anyway, I'll see you all in two weeks for that very interesting episode. <laughs> Oh boy. Bye. Bye.